Welcome, everybody, to the Robert John and the Wreck podcast. We are a five-piece rock and roll band from Orange County, California, that travels the world eating local foods, drinking local drink, and melting faces. I'm Steve. I'm Warren. I'm Robert. I'm Andrew. I'm Henry. Oh, we did it. Yeah. That was close, Andrew. That was close. <laughs> we did it. This is episode three, y'all. 40? 43. 43. Jesus. <laughs> Wow, closing in on that 52 mark in a full year. Doing. What are we going to do? For 52, we might actually get together in the same room again. <laughs> yeah. I do enjoy drinking with you guys over StreamYard. Nothing really compares to the real thing. Yeah, dude, it's so much better than drinking with you guys in real life. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to listen to you drinking and going like... Steve's like, yeah, I don't have to cover your tab. That's why. So, hey, everybody listening and watching, we're coming to you from our respected households once again via StreamYard. So I want to apologize now for any technical difficulties that we put your hands up. have. Preemptive apology for any technical difficulties. Because technology is technology and we never know. But I still love technology. We don't own or Always control Always and forever. Each that was weird, Henry. <sighs> How's everybody's week? How's everyone's weeks <laughs> doing? Goodness. It's, it's, it's a new week. We made it from last week. Yeah, the week was good. It was nice to uh, just kind of share other people's um, experiences on uh, Facebook and Instagram and not post up a bunch and... You know, with everything that's going on, and I, I got some time to actually finish up some mixes and chat with some people. And that was cool. That week. Nice. Or how was your week? My week was good. Uh, this weekend, I got to go up to Carmel Valley, the central Central California coast. Drove up Big Sur, so I did the whole Big Sur thing, even though most of that's closed. But if anybody knows about Central California, it's like one of the most beautiful drives. Super awesome coastal cliff views. Very refreshing. Went out and uh, stayed at an Airbnb that was in a big property in the hills with a couple friends. Kind of replugged into nature for a little bit and deplugged from my phone. So uh, that felt good for a couple days. And now I'm uh, back and rested and ready to go. How about you, Robert? I had a very relaxing weekend. I did not do much of anything. I actually went over to the Wayfair in Costa Mesa, and Steve and Henry were there, and we uh, had a couple drinks at a bar, which was very strange to do. <laughs> um, but we did it, and they're doing a great job over there. They opened up this huge back patio, which is really cool. And uh, our good buddy Dan Forte played, and it was just, it was just, it was nice to uh, be back at a a spot that you're used to, but in a different way, and. It was it was weird at the same time. It was kind of a weird feeling, but it was it was it was nice to uh, feel like it was kind of getting normal again. It was nice to have somebody else make my drinks for me. <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah. I was just was drinking first, beer, so no one made my drinks. But in months, that was, that was really nice. How about you, Andrew? I don't think I left my house all weekend. Um, not on purpose. It's just a. Uh, uh, you guys were out of town, so we didn't have any shows. Not all of you guys, but 
I got a bunch of stuff done, and after I was done, it was already early, and I was like, well, what the hell am I going to do now? So before I left my old job, um, I took with me an Oculus Quest, which is like one of those VR headsets, and I haven't touched it for like six months. It's been sitting in a box in my bedroom, and Amanda's been yelling at me to get rid of it for six months. (laughs) And so I finally took it out. I was like, why not? I'll, I'll figure this thing out. And they had a really cool Star Wars game. And oh my god, I did not put this thing down all weekend. <laughs> it was so much fun. There's like a, a Star Wars game that's like on par with a ride at Disneyland. Uh, I wanted oh to god. let Ryan borrow it afterwards, Steve, because it was so like, oh my god, Ryan has to do this thing. All you guys have to do, I'll bring it over at some point. Yeah, can you bring it to rehearsal? Yeah, we can at least try it out. The cool part about this thing in particular is, like, usually those Oculus things have to be hooked up to, like, a PC or something. This one is its own self-contained unit, so it's just all wireless. So you could just draw a boundary on the floor and then just do it wherever. That's crazy. So, um, What was it? The Vader Immortal game? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that was rad. So awesome. He bought one uh, back in the, I think it was, like, the fall. We got back from tour and we we were just be in the dining room and like yeah have the the map all in front of you and stuff and, and as as soon as you get close to like your boundary of the space the physical space you're in like the little grid pops up so that you don't you know run into the wall or anything. Wow, that was really fun, man. Nice, that's cool. And if you know me, I don't play many video games. I worked for a video game channel on YouTube and didn't play a lot of video games. I read a lot of video game news, but, you know, it was like I have to play music. I'm not going to play video games, so it's pretty rare that I do that. And I found this VR boxing game that I actually like to do. So it's fun, and it, like, ripped me up. (laughs) Yeah, is it like a workout? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's fun. It's weird, like... you. The, it makes you feel like you're in such a big space and then you take off the helmet and you're like, oh, I'm in my stupid house again. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. I did that, made some dinner and drinks and stuff like that. I've been getting into te- te- tequila again. Nice. So, did you listen to tequila? Some, <laughs> I got wild on some tequila. Tequila. Hey, yo. Nice. What about you, Henry? Uh, it was good. I I went up to uh, to Big Bear this weekend, actually. Oh, nice! And uh, I went with my my uh, previous roommate, who is still one of my best friends, Brad Hemenover, and uh, our buddy Alejandro Perea, and uh, Brad's kid. And yeah, just went up there and hung out at uh, Brad's dad's uh, cabin, and just like had a good time up in the up in the mountains. Nice. Kind of chilling, getting out of town, and uh, it was cool because I, I haven't left Orange County since you know any of this started. So it was pretty cool to just get out for a little bit and right uh, be somewhere else for a little bit and kind of kind of plug into a different thing and uh, played some played some acoustic guitar and messed around and with, with some acoustic jams and just had a good time. Right on. And then I saw you guys at the Wayfair yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> for a quick second. Yep, just yeah. for a quick second. Well, right on. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it was always the first time I had uh, tortilla chips a long time. I got some chips and salsa at the Wayfair. <laughs> and I, it was weird eating tortilla chips again because I just haven't done it. And it was, for some reason, felt foreign. 
Like I felt like I. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Oh, uh, we got. Sorry, we got takeout Thai food. I haven't eaten Thai food in so long, and I was like, "Oh man, I missed like going out to eat places where there's no way in hell I can cook a Thai food dish." So actually, like going out to eat something that's different like that that I can't make at home was so good. Mm-hmm. I bet Thai food's great. Mm-hmm. Well, before we uh, talk about what we're all drinking, we got a special guest tonight. Ooh, and let's bring hello. them up here. His name is Steve Jewell, and he's the lead guitar player for a band called Otis out of Kentucky. We uh, got the pleasure of touring with them on our Southern Run in February, and uh, he's just a wealth of information and a wonderful person. So, welcome, Steve Jewell. Ew, fellas. Ew. What's, up? What's up, Steve? You guys, you guys are the best. Miss you guys. No, no, you're the best. Look at all your faces tattooed right here. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, man? Love you guys. What y'all up to? The podcast. I'm welcome. <laughs> no, y'all supposed to welcome me. I'm sorry. And that southern draw is so good. Yeah, man. I'm drinking because uh, I'm scared to put my lips on the bottle. <laughs> I'm drinking Modelo out of a glass. There you go. <laughs> and then next, I got some uh, Dos Equis coming up. Man, it looks like you're drinking in Southern California yeah. right now. Yeah, man. I, I wished, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking, Steve? Uh, uh, Majora. Steve Steve too. Um, I'm drinking a uh, focal banger uh, by the Alchemist Vermont. Ah, is I believe an American IPA. Oh, okay. Really good. Fancy. He, that's why he's Steve One. He's fancy man. And it says, fancy. it says drink from cans. Drinking from can. Focal banger. Yeah, it's like the dirtiest braver name. Braver than me too. <laughs> focal banger. Focal, focal banger. banger. I love it. And it's got, it's got a really cool, uh, like a it's kind of trippy. Um, there's, uh, no, you listeners can't really see it, but uh, for those of you watching, it's got this kind of guy on there. It's got the can opened up, and it looks like he's like sniffing it, you know, up his nose. And then he's got hops coming out of his ears. Up his nose. <laughs> he knows everything up his nose. He's so. He's holding on the can, so it's a little little bit of IPA inception, I guess. It's kind of cool. And it tastes really good. Nice. Not as heavy as I thought it was going to be. But I love it. I want one right now. <laughs> I'm going to go find one. Nice. Well, uh, if anybody could guess, I'm drinking a LaCroix. <laughs> Today's oh, flavor is peach pear. Uh, nice. I love it. LaCroix, I'm kind of still on the bubbly water kick, so I don't think I have any beer in my fridge. That's me. Nice. Andrew and Henry, you go first, because mine, mine has a little story behind it. Ooh. Uh, oh. <laughs> but I finished it before. I'm on this lemon jello one. It, it, it's still good every time. It tastes like a lemon cookie. Yeah. So Interesting. I, I keep drinking it, because it's fucking delicious. I almost don't like that I like LaCroix so much because then it means I have to keep buying it and I hate, like, you know, having to keep stuff stocked in my house. It's a pain in the ass. That's weird, so, dude. 
Our drummer, his name is Andrew, and he loves LaCroix, and he's a big lemon fan. He had a lemon wedding cake. <laughs> he mean, probably loved that flavor. You guys are cousins. Yeah, he would. He <laughs> would. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> he probably drinks it. No, yeah, I'd say he probably drinks it. Shout out, Shout out to you, Andrew, Andrew from Otis. We got LaCroix, like, last month at the Piggly Wiggly, so we're, we're good now. <laughs> <laughs> Kentucky finally got it. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh me. Well, I am uh I'm drinking Pilsner Urquell again. There you go. The nice. the Czech Pilsner. The original Pilsner, supposedly. Ooh. Wow. Awesome. And uh uh I think all you guys in the band know that I have a affinity for Pilsners in particular. Yep. You've never mentioned it before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but uh, but yeah, we we I didn't really know about this beer until it was all they had when we played in uh, in Prague in, in Czech Republic. What last not last fall, but the one before that. Mm-hmm. And uh, all they had at the venue was Pilsner Urquell. Ur- 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 I don't know. That's awesome. And uh, and I just like I was like, what is this? This is the most amazing beer I've ever had in my entire life. And so and they have it in California. At yeah. some liquor stores here and there, and luckily the one right down the street from my apartment uh, has it. So, well, I'm going to go there and buy one because I can. That'd probably be closer than than the other place you were at when you yeah. first got. Probably, <laughs> <laughs> probably a little bit closer. How do you feel about that? I feel like that happens to me all the time. Where I go to Europe and discover something, I'm like, oh yeah, you can only get it over there. And then I go to Bevmo, and it's like yeah. at Bevmo, yeah. 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 yeah, at the liquor store. I remember like uh, when we went to England for the first time. Was it last year or the year before? I can't remember. Last year, uh, where we met you guys, Steve. Yeah, man, um, crazy. We had gin and tonics so there, awesome. and they had a, a tonic called Fever Tree. I'd never oh, seen it. Before. Yeah. You guys have to have the good stuff. Like I bought, I bought like a a couple of them before I left, and then I went to like the grocery store and at my you know like local Ralphs or something. They had it there, and I'm like, oh, like this is so not cool. <laughs> Okay, so um, (laughs) this just brings in the you know throughout this whole quarantine pandemic, uh, there's been a lot of people that have created new businesses and and done what they used to do in a new way. You know, uh, we've talked about it on the podcast before. You know, I have a friend who's a pastry chef, and now she makes you know the pastries and delivers them herself. Um, So I have some friends who are bartenders and. they started a company called the Merry Makers, which is a craft cocktail delivery service slash party um, company. That's awesome. And on Saturday, I didn't do anything. And the only thing I did that day was hear a knock on my door and I got a special delivery. Our good friend uh, Charles and Al and, and their significant others have created a company called the Merry Makers. Ooh. And right. it's a nice. cocktail company. And they delivered this jug of apricot whiskey sour. Wow. Um, and so I opened it up tonight just for this podcast to try it out. And um, it's delicious. It's uh, what you'd expect from an apricot whiskey sour. Um, but they do everything in-house. They make their own, like, you know, apricot syrups and, and everything from scratch, you know. Uh, they don't distill the whiskey, but uh, they make everything else. And I think it's just really cool how people are finding new avenues to create and, and do what they do what they've been doing for a living but now they you know haven't had a, got a chance to um 
And so it's called Merrymakers, and they're from Orange County, and I'm drinking it. So cheers to all of you. Cheers, um, uh, Yeah. I don't know how boozy it is, so I'm only having one tonight. But um, I just think it's just really cool what people are doing um, in this whole dilemma of things that are going on. So cheers to the Merrymakers, and uh, I hope that things keep moving forward for everybody. Are you drinking it on ice? I am. I am. It came in, it just, it it came in this liquid form right here. And so you just put it over ice and, uh, it's pretty damn delicious. (laughs) Nice. I also love apricot things. It's right at my alley. Sounds delicious. Sounds really good. Yeah. So anyways, I just wanted to give a shout out to the Merry Makers for Charles, Al, Tristan and Amy for, uh, doing something cool during this time. So, Good people. Super cool. Henry's cool. I'm backwards. Am I pointing (laughs) Henry now? That's how it goes. Yeah, see, now I'm pointing at you right there. Oh, there it is. Oh, wait. All right, guys. Should I I talk about some music now? Let's do it. Can I do this right now? All right. Um, Today. Teach me something, brother. I want to talk about love. Love. Y'all know love? Y'all know anything about love? Well, I'm, I, I am talking about Love today. And uh, Love was an American rock band from our sacred land of Los Angeles that started in 1965. And uh, just a, a hugely impactful kind of verging in between like cult and whatever the next level of fame above a cult classic band is, basically. And um, a lot of my friends... Um, I've played in a, a fair number of, of psychedelic rock bands here in Orange County. And a lot of my friends that I've played with uh, are just crazy about this band Love. And so I've I've dabbled a little bit in some of their music. I definitely need to study them a little bit more. And I think they're deserving of probably another shout out on one of these episodes just because they're an extremely diverse sounding group. And... Uh, they just encompass all sorts of different influences. They do psychedelic rock, uh, flamenco, mariachi, orchestral pop, blues, jazz, all kinds of stuff, like extremely diverse. And uh, But today I want to talk about a really, really cool piece of history that they did where they actually worked with Jimi Hendrix. And uh, these the main singer-songwriter uh, leader of the band, Arthur Lee, was a was another African-American musician from the L.A. scene. So Jimi Hendrix and him just kind of like, I don't know how they linked up, but they basically just got to collaborating at some point. And uh, one of the songs on this record features uh, Jimi Hendrix playing lead guitar, and apparently it was a full collaboration between Arthur Lee and Jimi Hendrix and, uh, you know, featuring the backing band of Love. And uh, it is off of their sixth album, which was released in 1970 is called false start. And the song that I'm about to play for you is called the everlasting first.
It sounded really cool. Mine was my audio kept going. Yeah, mine out, was but... being funky. Uh, <laughs> go check it out. <laughs> on my playlist. There you go. Listen to it. <laughs> Not through the podcast, because I got a playlist of all the songs on here that I have ever uh you know played on this podcast. Nope. We lost Steve. See you, Steve. He's not the one hosting it or anything. No, that's right. <laughs> nope. Absolutely. Steve one. That was badass. Yes, we're making sure all the audio is going in. Let's uh, see if he's back. He's back. Oh, there he is. He is. Right that there. Was weird. But yeah, Slipped there's the link in the description. I'll put the link here. Link in the description for the Henry's History Lesson playlist. I am updating it every time we do a podcast, for the most part. And uh, I have included a few extra songs here and there from some of the bands I've talked about. And uh, it is growing every week. And uh, I think it has some uh, cohesiveness to it. Definitely, it's getting it's getting pretty cool. It's it's getting pretty expansive and uh, layered and interesting. And it's a really cool, really cool project to undertake in this. And uh, check yeah. it out if you enjoy it. Sometimes People just keep dropping off. Yeah, yeah. the internet, so, man. It is a fickle mistress. We need five G, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bring it on. Where's yeah. that 5G at? Where's that 5G? Where's that? Where'd it go? Well, as we wait for Andrew to get back, let's uh, let's talk about Steve. Let's talk about Otis. Let's talk about what you guys are doing right now and what you guys have been doing through this whole pandemic out there in Kentucky. Um, we, uh, we had the pleasure of touring with you guys in February last year. Played a few shows together, and it was quite amazing. Uh, we had a great time. 
Hanging out with you boys. What have you guys been doing through all this? Man, taking a break. (laughs) Just chilling. uh, You know how it is? You get so caught up in the hustle and bustle of things that uh, it's just nice to decompress, man. And thank God for um, uh, digital marketing and technology. We could afford to ball on a budget and take a break (laughs) and still have things, you know, buzz being created and send a little bit of merch and that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, just kind of reflecting and, and, and re, regrouping. And one of our biggest focuses right now is uh, trying to establish other revenues of income outside of touring. So what I would highly, highly suggest of anybody that's in the touring world, because there's so many people touring shuts down like right now. And, you know, it's, it, gets, it gets hard. It gets interesting. So, you know, we're working on some different things, man. Uh, working with uh, a local roaster in our town, trying to we're going to launch Otis Coffee, signature Otis Coffee coming what? soon. So, <laughs> yeah, man. I want some of that. Oh, what kind of blend? Uh, uh, we're going to do the, the first one's going to be somewhere probably between like a, a breakfast to uh, a mid roast blend somewhere in there. And uh, we got a song called Let Your Love Shine Down. Thinking about that one being the name of the first one on the word shine. Our buddy Pete have him do some kind of psychedelic like sun kind of coming out of the word shine. It's like the the morning blend or whatever. And uh, we'll have something more bougie for for everybody else that likes it a a little bit darker roast. I've been drinking this stuff called Chocolate Avalanche, man, that they make. And I'm, I'm like addicted to it. I, I can't stop. It doesn't taste like chocolate. It's kind of got a chocolate aroma, but it's just really, really good coffee. And um, so probably at least two coffee blends and sell beans to them as well for anybody that wants to grind their own beans. And um, that and launched our podcast. Uh, we're getting together for the first time actually this Saturday. We'll try to record the next episode and, and jam and launching some merch and stuff hopefully soon for all that. But Nice. Putting out a Zeppelin bootleg, nice. all kinds of stuff. Live show bootleg, I should say, where we played some Zeppelin. So I love you. I love you guys. Play on the. I love uh, Otis gets the gets the let out. Still let out, man. Or the same thing that's it with the, the Rolling Stones. Otis gets stoned. I love to play with words instead of just like you know. Oh, we're coming. Oh, yeah. it's like oh, it's kind of like a. <laughs> funnier a cooler way to present that sort of stuff and i'm sure it was a kick it was a kick-ass show yeah yeah man uh unfortunately we didn't really get to do the otis get stone thing yet our home show was going to be the first one for that on it was march 28th i think but of course everything got weird we slipped into a crack universal um, parallel universe crack of something <laughs> that was waiting for the aliens to show up and Han Solo to save us all. So we'll see. I want to play Andrew that that VR game man with Star Wars. Oh. I, was, I was in a green room geeking out. I was like, oh shit, that's a game changer. <laughs> but yeah, man, yeah, just 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 wading through the waters and it's it's, it's been interesting. I love how you're doing a, a coffee blend, but every time you talked about it, you said that's the only the that's the first one. So you already you're already planning on a second one. It's like one thing oh, yeah. to accomplish like your own Otis <laughs> coffee blend for one, but you're already focusing on like the fact that you're gonna have two. I think that's great. Overachieving, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it'd be cool, kind of have two options, I guess, because like I got a 
I was like, well, I need to have something that'll definitely sell and something that I would like to drink. You know, we would like to drink. John and I, the bad John Seeley, our bass player, uh, him and I are mainly the two coffee drinkers, and we kind of got like the same kind of the same palate and the same taste for coffee. So we definitely got to have something me and him, me and him will drink, and then something for everybody else that may not like it as stout and taste and stuff. You guys don't like me. You go to Europe and it's game over. I'm not drinking freaking Folgers ever again. And the cool thing about these guys that I didn't know until last week, I mean, this is all new. Typical coffee roasters apparently roast with gas and with their roasters. But the roasters that we're going to start using here locally have like an air roaster, kind of like an air fryer type thing. So it's really, really interesting. Hmm. That's I'm turning full blown coffee stop, baby. I don't know everything about it. I love it. I'm coffee fan. <laughs> well, Henry needs some coffee. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> I do. Send me some. <laughs> oh, you got it, man. Hook you guys I'll, up. I will buy it. I will buy the coffee. Hook you Where guys can I buy up, it? my man. Can I buy it? Yeah. Um, we'll probably have it integrated on our website and have them kind of do all the shipping and everything, but Ooh. yeah, for sure. We're going to sell it locally in one of our, um, coffee, sh- uh, local coffee shop stores here in Glasgow. And then, um, we're going to have them handle all the shipping and handling for us, the, the roasters and get that out to everybody. Nice. Nice. Well, congrats on that, man. Yeah, man. I'm picking up two blends to try out in the morning and then Peter and I do our Facebook live thing. And, I'm ready to just like get geeked out on coffee and just <laughs> shake like this and can't even play. <laughs> it's good for a lot of people, uh, though, you know? Yeah, man. And a lot of people, I, I didn't know this because, you know, I like the taste, obviously, but the breakfast blend, they were telling me, is like got twice as much caffeine more than like a dark roast does. Yeah, because if you, if I you didn't know that. beans more, the, uh, the caffeine gets roasted out of it. So the lighter blends okay. have more caffeine than the darker blends. That may I be worked like in for six years. Oh, dude, oh. man, dude, bro, yeah, that's it. I gotta get you guys on the podcast to it somehow or something. We'll talk about it. Love it. All things coffee, man. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta and, love it. Uh, and you know what, what's fun about this whole realm of of music and being friends with bands across the U.S. is that uh, you guys just. Uh, decided to go out to Europe next year, right? With Teenage? Yeah, man. Um, yeah. Sure, baby. There it is. It's kind of weird, kind of how it came it came to happen. God, we've currently been working with um, company Eat Music. Uh, we talked about, you know, re-strategizing uh, the next tour and reached out to, I believe they reached out to, to Manny over at Teenage Head and, Figured we'd give it a go and, and, and try a tour out and see what happens. Very excited. Hell yeah. Awesome. Very excited, man, to get out and check out more mainland Europe for sure. Like, uh, my girlfriend's been like watching this show that's based out of Spain, and so she's trying to tell me everything about Madrid and all this stuff. And we're ready to go check Spain out, man. You guys have like, done some cool shit. Y'all played, uh, was it last year? Y'all played at some island or something? Uh, some kind of island? Oh, Canary Islands. Canary Islands, that's yeah. it. Yeah, Grand Canaria. And uh, what was that place called? It was uh, Las Palmas, right? Yeah, Las Palmas. I believe so. That's awesome. It was like an outdoor show for like 
1,200 people or something like that. Wow. Yeah, it was a great gig. She had to take like a ferry and all that stuff. Right? Took a plane. We flew. Yeah. <laughs> we almost we didn't get on the plane. Before on the podcast, yeah, but we almost didn't make it. Like, I can't remember. Who was left? Like, was it Robert and someone else? No, uh, it was Warren because Warren's, Warren uh, left his toothpaste in his bag. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then <laughs> Warren had also, uh, he also had all of his cables and pedals. So, like, they're going right. through, like, what is this? What are these like, things? That's the guitar cable. Like what? I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to play a and gig. Like, literally, we had to hold at the like place where they take the bus to actually put people on planes. We're like, hold, just hold. Like there are guys coming. <laughs> like we could see the plane outside. Like it was so know. stressful. Wow. And we got the dirtiest yeah. looks. I remember yeah. we were in line too. Like the worst thing that happened was we were in line, like trying to look at the time. And we found out that the clock was like ten minutes behind, <laughs> so we had ten minutes the last time we even thought we did, and we were oh, in line man. for like what, like an hour in the morning or something uh, like that. Yeah, so it was like, yeah, it was all just like the worst experience ever. But it was the show was really fun. Yeah, man, no, that's it, baby. No sleep at all. Like, Life isn't like, learned in a book. Is that right? Just, <laughs> you gotta get that experience in. Zero sleep, like an all nighter from the show before, and then flew down there, and then an all nighter again for the show. It's insane. Yeah. On the island, and then flew back and played Paris the next day. You guys bust ass, man. Y'all always work hard. Well, y'all, y'all said the bar, man. Y'all are one of the hardest working bands I've ever seen on the road. Y'all kill it. On and off the road. If you start working with Teenage Head, you'll get those workloads if you're willing to take them. Yeah. yeah. Like 19 days in a row? Oh, make it 22. <laughs> you know, just it. Like, I, I would probably, like, have to check out on the plane, though, because, like, oh, man, like, I don't know. I kind of always had, like, big fear kind of of, of heights, but I knew, you know, obviously the days would come, and, you know, you got to fly and do that. I'm sure shit wouldn't want to miss out on that opportunity. And, um, First tour we done flying back, I thought I like I was having a heart attack. You know, it was kind of stressful just trying to like manage it, you know, everything and everything that was going on. But flying back, uh, I thought I was doing really good or something, and we started hitting like some crazy turbulence, and it's what freaked me out because I've yeah. never it's like my second plane ride ever, I think. Wow. I've never experienced That's like crazy. bad turbulence like that, and I <laughs> freaked out. Man. Yeah, oh, I freaked out. Boone, like, I was, like, all, like, numb. And, like, I was like, Boone, you got to talk to me, man. Like, I'm freaking out. <laughs> um, Boone, he's, like, one of the most chillest laid-back guys ever. He was just kind of yeah. like, uh, man, you all right? <laughs> like, yeah, bro, I'm great. <laughs> I had to, like, look up statistics on it. I I don't think any plane has ever crashed from having bad turbulence. So Man, when you yeah. think about it that way, it makes it easier. But when you're going through it and like your stomach's dropping and like you're just flying everywhere, like you don't feel good. There's yeah. no time you actually feel good when there's turbulence going on. But oh, you know, no. you're just thinking the odds. Yeah, last year before we flew out to Europe, like I did like weeks in advance. I was like watching videos on YouTube on my smart TV of flying and stuff like that and just like getting familiar with the sounds like when you hear certain things that's the wheels coming up that's the wheels going down or or if sometimes when you feel the turbulence and it's whatever then you kind of look and the plane's actually maybe making a turn or something and it's yeah that helped. i remember like every time like i got up to to have, have to use the bathroom like i wouldn't stop listening to the Almond Brothers live at the Beacon from like ninety one seven turns. <laughs> on the seven turns on the highway. highway. 
I was like, I don't want to hear the air. Seven rivers to cross. I don't hear no air leak coming out the door or nothing. I don't want to see no windows. Just <laughs> <laughs> seven turns. How is it flushing the toilet? Did that freak you out? Uh, the first time we were on a plane, uh, I was like, I was like, yeah, I got to make sure, like, you know, stand up and, like, don't get sucked down the toilet and you know, <laughs> get stuff. I never flew on a plane before ever, man. And the first time was uh, we drove from Kentucky to New York City and flew from JFK to London. <laughs> damn, damn. Yeah, it's like it's sink or swim, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. The other thing, those giant planes, like when they when they take off and they're going so far. When you're sitting in them and you're looking out the window, it feels like they're not going that fast. They kind of just like yeah. go, and it pulls off the ground. You're like, uh, can you guys like maybe speed it up a little bit? It feels like you're just like slowly coasting through the sky on this fucking giant ass <laughs> airplane. It's so weird. <laughs> Crazy. But I think a lot of it is, you know, you got so much like, uh, well, not really necessarily bad anxiety, but like you're just anxious, excited, you know, ready to get over there, ready to play and, you know, get in it. <clears throat> and then when you're going home, it's like it's not as bad. I remember, um, Last year, and we were flying from Philadelphia to Chicago. Like the only that I, 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 I actually, you know, was looking out the window the whole entire time, and just wanted to listen to nothing but like the uh, how the West was one Zeppelin's album, nice. just the just the acoustic songs like you know, ta- Tangerine and that's yeah, the way yeah, yeah. and Rain song. It feels like my moment in Almost Famous, you know, at the end of the airport. Everyone's gonna start singing Tiny Dancer on the plane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, are you guys all feeling this? <laughs> you like look around. <laughs> it was just me. No, it has been a while. We've taken so many plane trips and stuff like that since. I bet that, you guys have, yes. Well, I don't even think about that stuff anymore. I almost look forward to the 10 hour plane ride and go, like, what am I going to get done on this 10 hour plane ride? Like, what? You start like. Learning how to use like the tablets better and like oh I could favorite all my movies and like get back Dude. to it. Yeah, yeah that's these what I games I like to play. Yeah. Like and, Andrew goes through like when before the before the flight takes off, Andrew goes through and favorites all the movies that he thinks he's going to watch. <laughs> that way they're all, look through all of them again. So that way he doesn't look through all of them again. It's it's really that's interesting awesome. like how how you process being on a plane. That's awesome. And going there, through all that. There was that one summer we went back three times, so we took six plane rides. Yeah. <laughs> like 10-hour European plane rides in that one summer. And yeah. it was like, holy crap. And most of those were not – I think all, every single one of those was not direct. Like every single one of them. Oh, was yeah. Like, oh, it was like connection. Chicago to London to Brussels and then like – one of them went through Finland. Right, was oh, like, yeah, dude, that was the most fucked up routing ever. L.A. to Finland to freaking Barcelona. It was like, what? <laughs> yeah, like, and Finland, it, it was like so weird. There was still like Gucci's and Louis Vuitton's, but it was like at any mall in the middle of America. <laughs> like, we're just like, yeah. we're like really bad versions of really like high class stores. That's crazy. Sorry, Could Finland. I got some dental work done. Is it is it there? Is it Poland where you, or Denmark or somewhere you can get like really cheap dental work done? Somebody I need a new tooth. There you go. <laughs> Probably Poland. Probably Poland. I think it is. Poland. I don't know. Yeah, could, could be. Polish dentist sounds right. <laughs> or wrong. Do you have you guys? Uh, do you do a lot of fly dates over in, in Europe? Like I guess festivals, obviously, and just 
got back on, probably provided, I'm assuming, stuff like that? I mean, I, I think we have in the past. I mean, I, I think we try now to make sure, like, they're connected to a tour or something so we're not just going over there. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, when Henry and Warren joined the yeah, band, I think the first date that we had over there was, like, a seven-day run. Um, so we were like only there shows. for – yeah, we were only there for seven days total yeah. um, <clears throat> just because of how it worked out and the the how the shows panned out. But I think – right. Now we, we try to hope that, like, you know, we're flying over there for, you know, a little bit more than just a couple shows. Right. But at the same time, you know, if shows are going to pay us the amount of money that it's worth to fly over there and back, you know. That yeah. I didn't know if you did, like, a bunch of fly dates, like, while you were already over there. Like in no, your, the, in the, the first time oh. that we ever flew somewhere after flying there was the... Um, Canary Islands, too. Canary yeah. Islands in Las Palmas. Yeah. yeah, that's why I was asking. I didn't know if y'all did that stuff like that regularly or... Mm. No, when we, we drive days. everywhere. Even when we went to the UK, we, we drove through the uh, the channel. I think we have yeah. that podcast story, too. Mm-hmm. Whoa, is there a underground tunnel to... Yeah, it's like yeah. A, oh, yeah. It goes underneath the ocean. You're on, like, this train car. It's pretty crazy. And I, I think... What? I yeah. think the thing yep. that's important to, to, to note to for fans is when you're touring, especially in a different country, like your van becomes your house because oh, it's yeah. the only thing that's consistent. And so like to make sure that you can see it or like, you know, you get sick of driving in it, but it's like, that is like, you know, it's like almost a member. So like to leave it almost feels kind of weird. So it's, it's yeah. nice that when we do go over, we for can sure. Drive and rely on the van and <laughs> have it kind of as like a, a weird home in sort of a sense. So yeah, dude. This last time we lucked out, we got a really nice Sprinter van that had nine bunks in it. <laughs> that that gray van that we it had nine bunks in that thing, and it had three on each side, Bunk? three in the back. Yeah, what's it's, that uh, like? Yeah, <laughs> it was it's the one time only. <laughs> It was nice, man. It's back to reality, of course, when you get in Kentucky. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, our uh, friends in, in America, uh, our friends in Stone Senate have a Sprinter with with bunks in it and captain yeah. chairs and and yeah. room to hold gear. It's pretty amazing. I, I'm waiting the day that we get to have one of those here in the states. Too dope. Yeah, I think, I think, the, the I think it's coming close. Yeah, it's weird because the way it worked out with that company, it was actually cheaper to get. The 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 van the van with bunks than it was to get the van without bunks and get hotel rooms. So about the time we had to pay for hotel rooms and pay for that van, like it cut it down pretty good. Just getting the van with the bunks. So that's what we did. What was nice about it is, uh, you know, like having sleeping right next to your guitars. Obviously, we put guitars in like some of the back bunks and. You were talking about, you know, it's the, the van, you live in it, and it's your, you know, whatever. So definitely what we definitely like is staying with the guitar, staying with the gear, you know, especially when you're footing the bill, making sure all that shit's mm-hmm. nice and secure. Yeah. So that was cool. Our first time over, man, we stayed in a couple of hostels, and I almost, like, got, Ooh. like, stabbed by, like, some dude out in an alleyway in Hamburg, Germany. At trash we got done taking a shower, and I stepped outside, have smoke. And they were trying to lock up while this one dude was trying to get in. He was like next to me, side me, and we're just, I was kind of like, I think he's waiting for me to walk in so he can walk in behind me. It got real weird for me. <laughs> <laughs> Those hostels, we haven't stayed in a lot of them. 
but they're like not recommended at all. Yeah, they're pretty dangerous. <laughs> we stayed in quite a few. It was, think of leaving, like, yeah, got robbed in Amsterdam. It was crazy. <laughs> it's a rite of passage. Yeah. Man, it's rock and roll, baby. It's sink or yeah, swim. to get stuff stolen. It seems like, you know, we just, bam, you know, you got to bump your ass off of the launch pad there for a while before you really kind of get coasting good. <laughs> seems like. But yeah, I mean, God, I can't imagine y'all's road stories, man. I bet y'all seen some shit. Have y'all ever done any fly dates in the States? Uh, yeah. Have you? Uh, yeah. We, we've done a couple of fly dates up to Seattle area. Nice. Um, for a couple of festivals up there. But then at the same time, me and Henry drive up there. Right. Um, or me, you know, I mean, at least there, there's, we, we definitely have done it where the whole band's flown up there. But sometimes we, uh, if there is a fly date, we tend to, some people drive, some people fly, depending on work. So we've done a couple, but not a lot. I, I, I wouldn't mind doing more. We did Hawaii. Yeah. Hawaii, yeah, Hawaii, Hawaii. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. Y'all got a live album from Hawaii, right? Yeah, yeah. it was a complete accident. <laughs> yeah. Warren, weren't you like hammered? Weren't you telling us that story? Or something? Uh, drunk? No, I got, I got, uh, I got uh, like a uh, heat stroke almost. I almost heat passed strike. out. I got so sweaty and sunburnt at our sound check that, yeah, I was so dehydrated. I almost like died. Yeah, and Steve had blisters on his shoulders. Yeah, my sweat. That sound check was nuts. Dude. Crazy. Man. Polyester, man, it's a bitch. It's a fucking <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the price you pay for fashion. Yeah. I know. I want you some mint green leisure overalls, but I'd have to get an endorsement from Gold Bond probably to tour them. And that's not a bad endorsement. As long as you're using the powder the right way. Yeah, use the right powder. Yeah. <laughs> Warren can tell you all about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you've been talking about a lot of people. I know we have these conversations personally, but uh, about music business kind of stuff and how like younger bands, you know, should be changing their the style of how they're doing things. And you know, yeah. just even talking about like the coffee sort of stuff. Like, how do you? What's your version of it now? As we're getting more into this new age of being an indie band that's not signed that has a bunch of people doing it for them and you know like yeah. how do you how would you try to make a living these days branding i tell everybody like you got to start looking at touring only as 40 percent of what you do believe that i've played with you know i'm sure you guys have to play with grammy award winners for like less than like three or four hundred people and it's just really reality so, you know, I, I try to definitely encourage people, man, like, don't fall for instant gratification, you know, sign with a record label and do all that shit if you want to, you know, if you're looking for instant gratification and inflation, that's all it is, man, because a lot of times what happens is a lot of artists, it's sad, they get turned and burned, and maybe some artists in different genres may get like a million dollar advance, but no one teaches them finances, no one teaches them investing, no one teaches them how to manage their money, and, um, a lot of times, you know, they don't even know what royalties are. They don't even know what publishing is. They, you know, don't even know how to get paid. And, uh, and you know, it's just, it's, it's a mind trip. You know, it's a mind trip, like, when you experience something like that. And then, like, five years later, you're working at McDonald's. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We were talking to, we've been working with some PR agencies lately and like we have not worked with the PR agency for 10 years. So this is like, you know, we're just getting to this level after putting in a lot of uh, sweat, but the first call we had with them, they're like, Oh, we're amazed. You can even get five people on this phone call right now. (laughs) And I was like, how much do people not have their shit together? You know, like, dude, it seems like a simple. Yeah, bro. Our first meeting with the management agency was in Nashville, Tennessee. We took off work on like a Tuesday to meet with these people. And, of course, you know, we want to be professional and sell it, blah, blah, blah. At the time, I thought John, our bass player, asked the most stupid question. But he asked the most smartest, genius question of the whole entire thing. He asked him, have you guys heard of Government Mule? Because, <laughs> like, John, he's a big mule head. And, and we all are. And then... I, I thought maybe he was going to go off on a tangent about that or something. And they were like, looked at each other and they were like, no, you don't. And then right then, all of us came with each other. Were like, it's like, what the hell would you know how to do with this? <laughs> yeah. It, it's like, you know, and check this out, Henry. Uh, they had, uh, I wonder if I should say, and I'm not discrediting them at all. It just wasn't the right fit for us. But yeah, and you're not naming I'll tell names you after, or anything. You don't need to name names. You don't need to say anything. But they got a really, really big guitar player that's maybe done some really cool stuff. I'll tell you about it later. <laughs> but uh, right. yeah, I mean, like, if you don't know who Government Mule is, it's just a simple question. It was kind of a right. test to see if you really knew our market. Yeah, and and, and that you know market where we need to be at. Kind of with that, those. I mean, obviously, you wouldn't put us with Taylor Swift. You know what I mean? Um, I would. Yeah, hell yeah. Why not? Yeah. Like she gets people like Apple watches or something that come to her concert. Like it, people get some bougie bling, man. With like their ticket prices from her, like they really see. That's what I'm talking about, man. You're asking, you know, what the bands need to do now. And, like, man, yeah, like, love all that. Dude, I, I, I geek out and, and nerd out, you know, over music and all that stuff, too. But a lot of times I've seen where people have almost hung on to too much nostalgia and romanticized all the stuff too much that, you know, they don't see the process of it now. And so, you know, back in those days, man, you had radio, right? And then in the 80s came MTV, and then music videos was the thing. And, you know, you still had artists, whatever, but the, the way how it gets out, you know, it's just changed. And it's inevitable, you know, you guys are closer to, to uh, Silicon Valley than I am. You know, it, that's the it's the deal, man. You know, it's, that's the gig. It's very much real, you know, digital marketing. There, there's people doing things with digital marketing at a fraction of, a, you know, of a price than, than what's, you know, a lot of traditional um things cost in our world but in our world you know like for our band and your band it's for us you know you still gotta like ride the fence you know what i mean it's like you gotta have your music on spotify but you very much have to put it on cds and stuff too because you know we got obviously people in our fan bases that buy that stuff and and want it and traditional press is very effective too you know, I handle mainly all the digital marketing for us, but we have a publicist out of Las Vegas that we work, work with. Shout out to John Lappin. He probably loved you guys, man. I didn't hook you guys up with him. He does work uh, for um, Jason Bonham, some of his Led Zeppelin experience stuff. Mm-hmm. Foreigner and Foghat, some stuff for those guys. 
done some stuff for Johnny Winter before he passed. Some other people, and um, you know, because I have seen some conversions um, as far as like attendance and ticket sales. And some places we play as far as like doing press and like newspaper and even maybe like some college stations and stuff. You know, because when we signed our first record deal, uh, we they had someone they did a radio campaign for us. And uh, I got to log in on the Planetary Group's website and see all of our stuff. And like three, maybe five or six AAA stations coming back and was like, yeah, this this sucks. Or like, no, we're not playing <laughs> this. Or, yeah, but the college stations, man, like they ate it up. And we actually charted like 18 somewhere in like, San Bernardino or something like that. <laughs> I have to look. Yeah, there's one or two, one or two college stations in uh, Southern California, and um, yeah, you know. So, man, that's, that's the thing. It's like you could. We we were back at Rambling Man Fair, you know. And there was like Cheap Trick hanging out backstage, and Chris Robertson or Living Color or 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 Beth Hart. You know, everybody's journey and everybody's process is different, and. Uh, you know, unfortunately, the day we live in now is like technology has evolved so much and people are just having a hard time. Man. It's like, do I be on TikTok or do I try to conquer, you know, Instagram or do I need to put my stuff on vinyl? I'm seeing bands only put their album out exclusively on cassette, you know, so it's hmm. it's just like whatever you want to do, you know, and, and, and knowing your audience, you know, if you, if you know your audience and know their spending habits and know how to reach them and you know, how, how to create conversions into sales off that. I mean, you're, you're set. So I know our audience is still going to buy tickets and T-shirts and vinyl and CDs and coffee and hopefully and all kinds of, you know, stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's almost, it's like that thing, it's know your audience and then just make available the ways they want to support you. Absolutely. And that's like a lot harder than people make it. It's yeah. like, is it about Instagram? Is it about Facebook? Is it about digital marketing or whatever? It's like, yeah. just make stuff available for people and let them know about it. But that's a lot harder right. said than done. <laughs> you know? It's like, yeah. that's when you spend all day uh, testing coffees and writing email, you know, automation stuff or yeah. making sure that, you know, you're doing stuff like this so you can constantly be communicating with people people so we could actually be building relationships with people instead of like just 100%. you know playing a show and then never following up with those people again you know yeah if you met someone and had a fun night and you know you were at a town that's like a thousand miles away from you and you never followed up with that person again chances are you're not going to hang out with that person again yeah. you know so yeah man yeah it's i mean you there's very much a business you know, to this stuff. And, um, you gotta, gotta know how to strategize and, and create the right infrastructure for you, you know, and, and make it contextual and tangible for you. And a lot of bands just don't have that, but, um, it's fascinating, man. It's just really fascinating to watch. I'm it's very exciting because, uh, I'm, I'm seeing people don't figure stuff out, man. Maybe they'll figure out how to run, uh, Facebook ads, you know, through YouTube ads, and then next thing they know, they start a YouTube channel or a podcast telling people, like, hey, this is what I've been doing, this is how I do it, and they get enough interest, you know, they'll start a Patreon page. And, you know, I kind of look at it from, like, 
you know, a business and an economical perspective, meaning it's even kind of ties into what we're going through now. When there's such a drastic gap between the upper class and the lower class, it's just shit just don't work. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so that correlates to the music industry. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's almost gotten so far fetched for a lot of people. Like a lot of people think like you get in a band, you know, management record deal, get a hit song on the radio, go tour the world, etc. You know, it's, that sounds awesome and, like, almost famous in movies like that. But it don't work that way anymore. I mean, you know, Wolfpack, I mean, look at them selling out Madison Square Garden and never been on a label or management or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Just got a booking agent there towards the last half of that to, to handle that. But <laughs> they just dominated YouTube. You know, they, they figured it out for themselves, but... Um, a lot of people, you know, I'm just seeing a lot of people struggle with that. Um, you know, for us, what's worked best for us is, you know, trying to really kind of anchor things down and, and build things on like, uh, IG, Facebook, and what's the other one? I'm leaving something out. But yeah, but mainly, I mean, mainly those two and, and, and emails, you know, because, um, that's mainly where I feel like. You know, our demographic of fan fan group, the core of them is like 40 through 65, you know, and I hear this, I've got my business hat on. I'm not calling yeah, you yeah. old. I love you guys. Don't think that. Yeah. But I'm just talking to the business lingo of it. So, I mean, I know they're not probably going to check us out on TikTok. You know what I mean? Now, I, I do understand that the tech side of it, like, you know, if you niche down and, you know, on some of these new platforms, and as it rises, you know, there's an advantage to be had. But when you're band, you know, like a lot of us, man, we're needing, you know, to buy merch and plane tickets for the tour and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm going to go definitely where I know I can create sales and, and conversions at. And for us, that's email and Facebook and, and Instagram. But, um, yeah, man, it's, it's just interesting. And it's really cool right now because – uh, a lot of people are having to be are being forced and put in a position where you're having to be creative and and really step out the box. Shout out to Henry. I can't I can't saw man where you're doing the the Patreon page. That's that's bad as shit, dude. Oh, <laughs> time. put out your solo album there, man. I need to get that. That's cool, dude. And like I got a buddy uh, next town over who's a, a music teacher as well. He's got the acapella app, and he covered a Beck song. And for the vocals, it was like a hand dinosaur toy, like singing uh, whatever. That number one, probably the biggest song he's got. I can't remember the name of it, top of my head. But Beck hit him up and wanted the the video and shared it on a social media site. Wow, that's crazy. That's cool. That's awesome. So, yeah, it's forcing people onto these platforms that would have never <laughs> used them before because they didn't have to. Yeah. And they're like, oh, all I have sure. to do is like do some dumb puppet thing on TikTok or on whatever, like the karaoke apps and people like there's a lot of our friends, I'm sure a lot of you guys have been seeing like people just do sing the karaoke tracks and they'll make 800 bucks in a night just doing that or something, you know Right, it's like, where has this been the whole time and you kind of got to think, is it going to last past the quarantine, but right, well, you know in our side of the world too, like you know, coming rock and roll side. Um, it's almost like seeing our world has kind of like fought the internet so much. Of course, everyone knows about, you know, like Lars and the Napster thing and stuff like that. And our world, you see like a lot of artists in the industry 
almost try to like shame fans and like you should buy the music you know you need to buy this because that's the moral right thing to do and that's the other thing you know artists and fans it's like we're all kind of entering a moral crossroads you know like should i charge for my music or should i just put it out for free so uh, it's weird man we're living in different times so one thing that we're gonna try you know i don't know if this will help anybody or you guys or whatever <clears throat> um Last December, is December 21st, I think it was our last show of the year, played in Savannah, Georgia, at the Burrow House South, and that's where we recorded the Zeppelin show. So, like, man, you know, I've also, real quick to interject, I've, I've been paying attention to culture, too, and if you look, the whole culture around hip-hop and rap and all that stuff, the way they really integrate this stuff and leverage it for them and their career. So, you know, you don't see bands and artists like us like really dominating on something like Spotify, right? As maybe something like Kanye West. You know, you see these people. Um, I saw an article the other day was talking about how there's money to be made on streaming. Uh, if you get 750 streams, that's like, you know, a million or $2 million. And I was like, <laughs> you know, like one of the biggest current artists in our genre is a guy named Chris Stapleton. And I looked him up and he don't even have two. He had like 200 million so he don't he don't even he's not even getting a million dollars you know from from the streaming but one thing that's always been fascinating to us was uh, government mules website and they do mule tracks and i really love how you can go to a mule show and then the next day that show will be available on their website for people to buy and that that's like really cool but i don't know it, it's like it's interesting yeah, offering an MP3 is almost kind of like offering someone like a glass of water, it seems like, anymore from my experience. It's nice and it's cordial, you know what I mean? So, and, and even like they've got a cool way too, but you've got to host it, host the player on their website, and you got to deal with all of that, I'm sure, with coding and whatnot. And then, you know, you're selling the MP3s, and I think you can buy a booklet to put in the CD case if you want. But I was like, what about we just start archiving a lot of our shows on our Spotify page? And on Spotify, they've got a way where you can sell merch now and tickets, if a lot of people didn't know that. On, like, you can go to, should be able to go to Robert John the Rex Spotify page, and it integrates with Songkick, I think. And I think you should, people should be able to buy y'all's tickets to your shows and merchandise. So I was like, I'll just put a show up and a live show. And what we're doing when we release the, uh, the Otis Gets the Let Out thing, <clears throat> we got a printing uh, shop locally we'll have them print like 11 by 17 show flyer and dude we play like less than two bucks for that you know at our cost like i'm telling everybody everything man and then we turn around you know we sell for for 10 bucks autographed and then we had a guy psychedelic pete that does like hand-drawn artwork and watercolor stuff i was like dude yeah, I was like, make me like a killer, like psychedelic, like uh, Zeppelin theme set list, like doodle on the sides where I can write the songs in the middle, you know, make it real cool. Because a lot of our fans and a lot of people, you know, they want a set list after the show, right? And uh, and uh, so he like far exceeded what I expected, and it's just like a beautiful masterpiece. And um, so we're gonna sell those two things. And we're going to give everybody a free CD of the Zeppelin show for free. We're not selling the CD. We're just selling, you know, the show flyer and the set list, and you get the CD for free. And, you know, we're going to put probably a cap on it because I know sometimes, like, when you put a cap, it can help create scarcity. And um, 
So, you know, so that's one way how we can incentivize and archive our live shows. People get the live show for free and they get to stream it on Spotify and we get to get those metrics there and still can make money off of it as well where people can buy like a token of the show or something if, if they want that way. But, uh, yeah, man, I'm just trying, you know, just trying different things and, you know, thinking out of the box and, uh, you know, when I was talking about how I'm seeing other cultures, rap and hip hop and all this stuff, really easy stuff, I don't see rock and roll, man, doing it. And I really feel like, like you guys are definitely cutting edge on some stuff. You know, you guys kill it with a lot of your PR and this podcast and stuff y'all do, man. And bands like us, like there's ground to be broke on the internet for rock and roll. Like, you don't see anybody in rock and roll in our world doing mukbangs on YouTube or, you know, any kind of like, like when you guys covered um, one of Bad Touch's song and they didn't vice versa, that was like one of the coolest things, man. That's so cool. We need more shit like that. Sorry, I didn't mean, I didn't mean to. Oh, no, 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 it's all good. Uh, <laughs> no, it's all good. Yeah. I agree with what you're saying. I think yeah. people are, are used to the old model or everyone who's into rock and roll, which is basically like you just make a record and then, you know, question mark and then just, you know, profit afterwards. And there's a lot that you have to do in between A and B now where just the good music isn't enough because we all know so many talented <laughs> people who we know should probably be famous and you know, yeah. can't make it out of their city because they can't figure out everything else that goes into, you know, uh, running a band. It's, it's a whole thing. Like we all do so many different things and wear so many different hats to make this thing happen. Right. And at the end of the day, we're like artists, right? It's not just like music. Music is one piece of this giant puzzle and it always has been, you know, the live show is a piece of this puzzle. Like what you wear is a piece of the puzzle how you make your videos is a piece of the puzzle. And you have to present to yourself as this like artist or, right. or this group of artists that do these things. And people are so stuck on being a musician that they can't see past that, you know? Where's a, yeah, it's, did you guys watch this ZZ Top documentary on Netflix? They did this. Yeah, like, that Norman Rockwell scene. That dad was pissed off. Yeah. Mom was crying. That yeah. was most probably hilarious. And you saw them go out and do a road tour with all these animals and stuff like that. And oh, dude, it yeah. like a fair, like a country fair, but with ZZ Top. And they were all in these like, it was an event. yeah, like crazy farmers and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, exactly. Like you had to, you didn't just go, oh, the music is going to carry itself. It's like, no, we have to do something so crazy to get these people out to make them want to go that. You know, it, yeah. it, 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 they'd be dumb not to go. We're, we're doing something so cool and so different that, you know. No, no, do you're right. I, Henry's definitely, you know, a good reason to, to go see him enough. Just. <laughs> I still can't believe you got perfect pitch, dude. No, but dude, like, you're totally right. And the thing is, it's like, well, do I get farm animals and like, you know, put pigs on stage? Sure, that's that's not a bad idea. But uh, you know, so I, you know, I thought about that too. So, so what do you do? That's that's another reason why we did the kind of like the theme thing. Yeah, uh, we break it up in, in two sets. It depends. Like John, our bass player, I think he, he he was like, I don't know, man. Like when we played in Savannah, a couple of people were like, Are you guys a Zeppelin tribute band? You gotta expect shit like that. But you know, our our deal was it was a, it was kind of like a, a marketing thing for you know 
for us. Like that's that Savannah show specifically. So what we done was is the show started at ten, I think, and Doris was at nine, and we get a free bar tab. Not a free bar tab. I think it was like a hundred dollar bar tab. John and I are the only ones that drink. I may drink two or three beers before the show, and same for John. That's not a hundred dollars. So I was like, anybody like the first? I did like the first five people that get to the show tonight and screenshot this message and, and bring it up to one of the band members. Free beer on us. Get a free right. beer. I mean, hell, we got a hundred dollar bar tab. John and I was only going to drink maybe like eight beers total at most, ten or something. So <clears throat> that helped get some people out. And it was kind of a high traction, you know, place and they got a lot of traction coming in and out. So, and, and definitely I noticed when we did some residency shows, let me back up first. The Zeppelin one, when we did the Otis gets the lead out, I always got the, the, the best reaction from a lot of people. And we did like, um, Otis plays the three Kings where we did like just a whole set of BB, Freddie and our, I mean, the Otis got so where we did like temptations and, you know, stuff like that. Notice ready. James Brown. But, um, so that created, you know, awareness in itself. One of the first places we played around Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, you know, it was a packed out night just because they heard somebody was playing Zeppelin's first record in its entirety. But the deal is, is we always kept it, we always kept it second set. And the first set, we always played our own music first. So once we got them in the door, you know, we had our shit first. <laughs> And then, you know, give them the, the Zeppelin stuff. And it helped, you know, it helped uh, get more people uh, aware of who we are. We had a lot of people that was like, well, yeah, man, the Zeppelin stuff is cool, but never heard you guys before, you know, and dig the first set. So conversions, you know, it's obviously what you want, created into some sales. And, um, yeah, you know, and that's the other thing, man. There's just a lack of education. There's a lack of education you know, all the things that, that you just talked about, you know, this persona and this and your craft, and that's great. But a lot of people just don't teach the business side of that to artists. You know, they don't teach artists, you know, how to, like, book themselves and how to put a proper show package together or a tour package. How to tour. You know, when are you ready to tour? You know, stuff like that. When do I even have anything to manage? You know, so I, am I even ready for a manager or for a booking agent? And, you know, just a lot of people are lacking kind of any anything tangible, man. There's just not a lot of things that's tangible or contextual for people anymore when it comes to the music industry, especially in our world, man, because, I mean, you don't see people, bands like us, just killing it on TikTok, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's just, so, yeah, so I don't know. I just feel like <clears throat> you got to help and got to get back, man. That's what I'm trying to do, so I'm trying to help. You know, anybody and everybody I can, it's actually led me to, um, got a, you know, I got my virtual radio show now, and one of the sponsors of the, the app that I do it on Station Head uh, tuned in and was talking to him on my show, and it was the CEO of Song Trust, which is the biggest global admin administration for, for publishing in the entire world right now. They don't do creative services like syncs and all that shit. But they they do it for over three hundred k plus uh, stuff um, clients. They they're one of the biggest like global collections on on like admin and publishing, and um, you know just talking to him about some stuff and you know so many bands so many bands man don't even know you get paid off YouTube. You know you like when your stuff gets uploaded maybe by the Sound Orchard or whatever your new single or whatever. 
a lot of people don't know now that you know you get paid from YouTube streams. That's a real thing. And there's something completely different that I think that collects those royalties different from like sound exchange or and all that stuff or sound doesn't sound scan or whatever. And uh, I was seeing something where it said uh, YouTube Rippers is in uh, Peel's court with, with major record labels like two weeks ago. <laughs> people are, I guess, doing like the YouTube links, the MP3, and artists don't get paid or don't get credited or anything like that for it. So that's, we're in so much new technology stuff, man. We're learning new stuff and trying to figure out all of that, how people get paid, how people survive. And career-wise, you know, it's going to be different, but... I think a podcast is one of the best things you can do. You guys have a killer podcast and everything you guys do, man. I love it. And uh, it's just another way of creating awareness and engaging with people. You know, that's the other thing. Like, would we have been able maybe to do this, you know, if we didn't have downtime? Because you know what it is. You guys are, are busy and touring. And y'all would be in Europe probably right now. And I don't know where we'd be at. And we're in the middle of making new music, so... You know, you figure it out and you learn how to optimize and evolve, you know, so that, that's a good thing about this is, you know, the the quarantine madness. Hang out with you guys, man. Yeah, sure. Get wrecked yeah. podcast on Monday night, January 8th. Uh, <laughs> I do think that is a, a cool thing for us as artists that we've kind of already been conditioned to do. Is that everybody, every band that's been out there, every artist that's been out there and and toured, you have to roll with punches. And yeah, dude, you can get there and you can, you know, have driven a thousand miles and then the show is double booked for some reason, or you find out that there was a kitchen fire, you find out that, you know, anything could go wrong at any point, you know, and you just learn to roll with it, learn to make the best situations. You know, we're going to do this and. Now this happens, so what are we doing next? You know, right? And you, have, you know, feel you know really blessed that like we're able to because of the experiences that we've had on the road. Like, I feel like we were all you know uh, with quarantine and with COVID and all that stuff. Like, it's like, oh, cool! Now I have time to do this because this isn't even an option. Like, I can't even entertain yeah. this. And I wanted to do that. Yeah. But, you know, you put on everything until you're doing it. You right. Know? Like, every tour, it's like, yeah, like, this is what we're planning. This is what we're putting the money, you know, uh, towards, like, we're investing in flights, this, that, the other, and then if something right. happens, you know, like, yeah, we're, we're doing it when we, you know, we'll really be doing it when we're on the plane, or we'll really be doing it when all of our gear gets there to this other country or we'll really be doing yeah. it and we, you know, get up on stage and hit that first note. And until then, right. it's just planning and, you know, uh, making the best of, you know, whatever hurdles get thrown at you, you know? Yeah. And this, this was a doozy of a hurdle. <laughs> yeah, COVID, sure. <laughs> the touring industry just completely shut down. Never yeah. heard of it. Yeah. A pandemic. But, to work on the things that we hadn't been necessarily like neglecting, but maybe didn't have time for, or you know, it's like, yeah, oh, well, what can we do now? How can we, you know, use this as an opportunity to do things that maybe we haven't salsa taken the time for salsa? Yes. We need Robert John the Rex salsa. Oh, oh, and, oh, and dancing, and dancing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. It, 
you're right, dude. It's it's really interesting. And the interesting thing to me is it's like, okay, I can we can shift shift focus on some other things that we've been too busy to, to work on and get rolling, like the our podcast and yeah. you know, all that type of stuff and, and coffee and whatever, because you know, I'd, I I don't know, like what makes the most sense to me and what we're trying to do is is really, really trying to work on some branding and establishing some other revenue streams and working on some passive income from some other means, uh, you know, through music and and through our content, as well as, you know, creating assets at the same time. That way, you know, I I want to tour. I think everybody should tour because you want to, not because you have to. Uh, Absolutely. You know, because there's some people, man, there's artists out here, like, so there's Grammy Award winners out here, man, and, and they're, like, you know, struggling, hurting, because they can't tour, and it's so much, we're so relying on that. A lot of them are in our world, and, you know, they don't get, like, big royalty checks or any of that stuff, like some people may think. So, royalty, you know, but here's the thing, it's like, I think the conversation has to be changed around the world, uh, around the, the word sales, you know, because even, like, if you think about it in our world, a lot of first times, you know, a lot of the first thing that pops up in your mind is something like Gene Simmons. You know, and I know I'm not encouraging people to go that extravagant, which what they have done, which is hats off to them. They are good businessmen, but yeah. but you, they are kind of yeah. You your thing, you know, right? And man, you guys do a killer job. Like you have like cell iPhone cases, cell phone cases, and like. That that was like I was like, dude, that's badass. I saw where you guys were uh, advertising the Robert John Ray bandanas with the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. I was like, hell yeah! <laughs> so that's slick, man. The podcast stuff is great, you know. Yeah. Collaborating and it's just another way that you get to promote your stuff and, and get the get the word out and talk to friends and you know, like we're doing now. And there's a place for it, man. Yeah, it's always nice talking to you, Steve, too, because it's refreshing to hear, you know, another band who really knows the business. And, you, you know, you can we can bounce those sorts of different creative bumps off yeah. of each other and see if we've run into similar situations <laughs> and stuff. And I mean, just the stuff that you talk about on the podcast is so like informational it's just like you know we had that one moment when our, our vans broke down and we sat outside that starbucks and just talked yeah, to yeah, yeah. for for uh you know three hours there and it's just great to you refreshing to yeah. hear you know yourself and the otis guys be so into the business side and you know again because you have to be but um yeah i just yeah. everything you said it's like man there's so much information there that you can pick apart piece <laughs> by piece i'm glad that we got to share it with our listeners for sure yeah, yeah, man, because that's that's the thing. Like, like people are just tired of fake bullshit, man. It's just, I think, man, it's it's a race to add value. Whoever whoever's adding the most value is going to win. Because you know that that's the thing. It's like one of the biggest problems if you look at it from an economical again standpoint or current events or whatever. There's a gap between the rich, the rich and, and the poor, the upper class and, and the lower class, right? So when you can't even sustain what you've got. <laughs> You know, I mean, you have no choice but to learn a sense of makeshift, and uh, that's what it's gotten to. Like, if you put that into the music industry, like, it's gotten to the point now that, I mean, there is no artist development. That don't exist hardly anymore. And I've even heard of situations where 
record labels will sign said artist because said artist may be competition to this artist they're currently developing. So they'll sign into some kind of deal just to sideline them so they'll never release their stuff and come out. So it doesn't doesn't mess up what they're working on uh, with this other said artist. Stuff like that. You know, I see artists controlled out of fear. You know, I was someone commented uh, from the from the business side of one of my posts at the Downs. You know, and they were advocating because there are a lot of people losing their jobs right now on the business side of things from, you know, even managers to agents to obviously venues and promoters and stuff. And they made a comment. They were like, uh, you know, ethical people and, you know, the, and their artists to work for them are happy. And I'm like, well, that's, here's the problem, though. You, you guys are the one defining what in the hell is ethical for us. And you're the ones defining if those people are happy or not. But, I mean, dude, I, when you walk out of the room and it's just us artists in there, we, I, we know it's a different conversation. It's a different vibe. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. even if you don't even tell, if you don't even have, they don't, you don't have to tell, you know, me you're, you're happy or not happy. You can just tell, man. You can tell. You know, they're being took care of or not. But, and, and that's that's the thing. So the, the point is, is, you know, a lot of people in the industry now, they're offering you know, bullshit consultant fees that people can't afford. And just because you did something 20 years ago for this artist, like, what the hell have you done this year? I don't give a shit, you know, if you worked on some REM record, you know, 20 years ago. That's 20 years ago, bro. The music yeah, industry yeah. changes every day. It's changed drastically, you know, from 20 years ago. And, you know, the, the reason why, I, I, you know, it, it really bothers me, man, because I see people that's risking their families, they're risking, man, their finances, their, you know, time with families and kids and money and people at home are sacrificing and uh, seeing artists, you know, starting to go to drastic measures for even they're ending their own lives because they put too much stock in the opinions of other people who don't give a shit about them. And so my, my point is, when I say lack of education, none of those people, like, want to teach us the business side of things. So... You know, and there's good people, man. They're all really good people. Like, like Manny is a great guy. He's, you know, does some some great work for some people. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, you know, who cares if this artist is working with this person, this or whatever? You know, you got to find like you guys. You know, you got to find your own people, your own team. And obviously, you can tell like you guys have a great relationship with Manny and Teenage Head, and you know, there, there's good camaraderie there. And, and that's the thing. You know, it can work, but. I just don't like working for a manager for a label. I'd rather work for myself. So much over, over the last couple of years we've been with them. Like, yeah. shit happened now. Yeah, it's so, it's so nice to, to build that team and have that those resources, you know? And, and other yeah, man. Perspective that I think there's, yeah, just, just as much as there's there may be assholes everywhere, like... What I've personally found from touring is like they are just the most amazing fucking people you're ever gonna meet everywhere as well. Yeah. We just haven't haven't done that. Yeah, man. And again, it's it's very much about like finding what works for you. Like I said, I'm I'm yeah. I'm obviously preaching, you know, how to leverage the internet, but again, we still have a traditional publicist out of Vegas that hits up mm-hmm. local newspapers and college stations for us and that still works. Because I know my audience, I know where they're at, and I know what they engage with and what they don't. And when you play in, in, in B and C markets in rural America, you know, they're very much, those communities are, you know, served by community radio stations, community college stations, community 
local newspapers and stuff. So definitely, it makes sense, you know. You got to do both, but um, it's just it's interesting, man. I mean, I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a real uh, a real deal that that we went through, and it's, it's very eye opening. We talked to a gentleman named Skip Taylor, who was uh, interested in our band for a moment. He manages a canned heat. He's managed him their whole career. And um, in our mid-60s, he's an L.A. guy, I'm pretty sure, I think. He went to a frat party and uh, got tipped off about these two bands that were hot on the scene. And it was the Doors and Canned Heat that were playing like a college frat party. And he liked Canned Heat and wanted to stick and work with them. Uh, he also worked for, for William Morris, and he was one of the first few people to establish the rock division to William Morris. Son of Rolling Stone, son of Sonny and Cher. Um, Buffalo Springfield auditioned to play at his club live for him. You know, He went in uh, back to work one morning day and got called in the office, and they found two joints in his desk. And they were going to question him for it, and he quit right on the spot. So, I mean, and this guy, what he does now, he's managed Ken Heat their entire career, and he manages Kim Wilson from the Fabulous Thunderbirds. And he was like, man, you know, I got a great band and everything, but, like, listen, bro, you know, I'm good where I'm at now. And someone like him, who's kind of pretty virtually retired, he's got a good deal going on. Can you imagine being him, trying to take on a new band now, trying to figure out digital marketing and, you know, yeah, know. How, how to break a break a band and launch a band's career now in 2020. Yeah, yeah, and it's so, and, and I get it. <clears throat> We've had people tell us, you know, like if you're right out of the gate, if you're not making X amount a year, then we're not going to screw with you. So yeah. I'm not, you know, knocking any of that. That's the thing. Like I, I didn't get it then, but I understand it now. And a lot of bands don't understand how to work up to that point to where they. Yeah can work with like, you know, someone like Manny or, or 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 get this gig or have something even to manage, you know, so it's just an education gap, man. Yeah. And I mean working with anybody, you have to fit at least some sort of a model of how they're used to doing business. Otherwise it's they're gonna be out of their depth, you know? Like, sure. You yeah. Know? So it's it's uh but I think it's more I'm, I'm stoked on what you're doing because it's 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 uh, so much more important for bands to be able to navigate as much of that as they can themselves yeah. in today's you know climate and stuff, and you know then be able to build out the team of like-minded individuals to you know help push it forward because it's a shit right. ton of work. Like sure. there's so much different stuff to like you know we're you know we're, we're just you know. Uh, getting involved with uh you know some new pr and everything and yeah and it was really interesting like figuring out you know uh, really realizing like personally for me the misconceptions i had into what even was you know because i didn't know i'm like oh yeah it's this like it's it's got to be that and then i was like no right. it's actually it's a very specific thing and this is why it's important and you know mm-hmm. that education is just paramount man like more yeah more, and that's why I think it's even. Oh, sorry. No, no, go, go ahead. I, I was sad. That's why I think it's, it can be even harder for bands like us because, I mean, a lot of traditional uh, uh, PR means still very much work in Europe. You guys do yeah. that. I know you guys are working with great publishers over there right now, and you see the effects of it. 
So that's the thing. It's like, well, they see that and they see the, well, you're saying digital marketing. Like, well, which is it? It's so overwhelming for a lot of people. Yes. And it's, it's like, well, I don't know. You got to know yourself. You got to know your band, your brand, your audience. You know, that's where the power and the money, man, and the influence is at. It's with an audience. It's not with a record label or any of that stuff. And, you know, you just got to learn how to, how to incentivize and, Bands have a hard time with selling, you know. You have a hard time asking someone to pay you twenty dollars for your T-shirt. You have a hard time like negotiating shows on your own or whatever. It's, it's always uncomfortable because it's your band and you're talking money, and whatever. But you know, you get the hell over that real quick when you got mouths at home to feed. You figure shit out. <laughs> yep. you know, that's why I'm, I'm a firm believer in tactically applied pressure and and, 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 and strategy. You know, it works. Ask Henry. He's got perfect pitch, man. I mean, shit. (laughs) I totally have control over that. (laughs) Not like I was born with that or anything. Dude, that was so awesome. We were chilling, like, I think before a gig, Birmingham, Alabama, and he just brought that up in casual conversation. And, of course, I I love, like, he's so badass because before I could be even like, oh, yeah. He's like, yeah, you hear this song right now? It's like the knee flat. (laughs) Yeah, we're always quizzing him on the road. Like, yeah. Or a buzzer, like what key was that? And then there's the fart quiz, the poster fart quiz. Oh, yeah, what, what note was that? F sharp, yeah, dude. I love it, man. Uh, watching you guys, it's um, it's um, watching you guys live, especially <clears throat> and watching you guys behind the scenes. Like, I was like so mad jealous in a way i was like see look at them they all sit down they got laptops everybody's doing shit i was like y'all gonna have to get laptops too <laughs> Help me out, damn it. <laughs> but i mean everybody everybody's got their lane and their own vibe what they do and you guys work well man but i don't know it's like man you, you admire talent you know you appreciate you can tell what you guys do, man, when you watch you guys live, and I think about it even, too, when I watch people like Wolfpack, you appreciate someone who understands, like, uh, discipline. You know, you can tell you can tell when a band like you guys play, especially live, that you've busted your ass and you've worked hard at your craft on and off stage. I mean, you can just definitely tell. And that takes a lot of discipline to, to be that good and to be that structured. And, and it's really, like... I mean, you guys could have could have laid out and just took naps and done whatever when we were chilling at Starbucks. But you know, you, you, know, you break out laptops and you know you conduct business and you take advantage of what downtime you have. And you know, like Robert Robert John, Jesus Christ! As soon as we got there, we were ready to get coffee. And you're like, "Yeah, we didn't drop the van off. I didn't had a beer. I had lunch. You know, wasn't even like like noon yet." I was like, "Damn, man." Without, without a van, we don't get from point A to point B. So that's a really important thing on the road is to make sure that van is working. So that was right. I, I like to make sure that that's a thing. Yeah. Which that, that tour we had a, multiple different issues happening with that thing. Right. So. Oh man, just, just is what it is, and you got to find the right place that's accepting to work on the van. You know, without knowing that we need the van like in three hours. Which is a whole, you know, other thing, you know, like usually you take your car in to get worked on for a couple of days and they give it to you. Great. But like, it's when, when you're on tour, you like walk in, you're like, Hey, we're on tour right now. We need this thing in like four hours. Like, that's it. Like, yeah, I need you to help me out. And you find the places that either help you out or that, or that don't. And luckily, knock on wood, we've, we've 
had some really good success with people understanding where we're at, you know, <clears throat> you know, we can't, we can't stay another night here. Like we literally have to be somewhere else, <clears throat> but I meet some amazing people like it on the road, man. Times like that. I mean, yeah, dude. I mean, you guys. I mean, you guys bust ass, man. Y'all work hard. Y'all go to Europe multiple times a year, and you even do runs at least once, right, out to the East Coast and back. Once a year, usually. We're right? we're working on doing a lot more of that. More of that. Yeah. And uh, and up the Pacific Northwest too. We like to hit, you know, the Washington nice. and all the way down. Try to do that each year and continue to expand to new states. Let's go to Portland, Oregon together, man. Let's go Bigfoot hunting. Wouldn't that be yeah. a great podcast? Oh, dude, I would love to do that. <laughs> that'd, be a, Bigfoot. that'd be a fun little YouTube video we could post one day when we're on tour in Portland. Dude. Let's go out to the woods, and I'm sure there's a really fun way to make a video about that. We'll just be out in the woods, like, looking for shit. We can just do, like, a dude. mobile podcast, you know? We'll, we'll get a... Yeah. Get, get some micro battery pack, and, you know... Yeah. <laughs> Filming us just like experience in Portland probably be like humorous enough. We've never been out and, and, and seen that part. It's such beautiful country that I'd love to see. It's um, gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Utah was very interesting. It was like driving on the moon or something when we didn't go out west. <laughs> that was it's crazy, man. Get to travel and experience culture and different things. I really miss that right now. Yes. I know you guys definitely do. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's just it's great. I, Henry talked about where's Poland. You found this beer, and now you figured out how to get it down the street. And it's the shit, man. Like I wish we was in somewhere right now. And I was like, oh man, there's this cool hamburger. I wonder if I can get it back home. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Those little things, right? Yeah, it is a little things. Absolutely. Thanks well, thank you, Steve, for uh, joining us on our podcast this evening. Yeah, 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 thank you so much. Ooh, Love you always, guys, man. It's always great to uh, talk to you about the industry and 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 hear your insights on everything because I feel like you have a lot to say and it's all pretty amazing stuff. Thanks, a lot man. of stuff that I feel like a lot of people out there aren't aren't thinking about and it's pretty awesome that you are. Yeah, man, and, for sure. Uh, it's great to talk to you during this time of craziness as well. Absolutely, um, man. Loving the new yeah. album, by the way, guys. It's Thanks, freaking man. Thank, fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. I'm spinning your new single, uh, Oh, Miss Carolina, <clears throat> on my radio show today. So I can't wait to get out there awesome. and jam with you guys, man. Jam, yeah. right? Steve, we're going to hook up. The next thing I know, we're texting in like two weeks. It's done past, and I need to take a shower. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's crazy, dude. But thank you guys, man, for having me. I really yeah. appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Love yeah. you guys, man. Yeah. I love, I love you, fans. too. And if anybody's listening, you, you know, you guys can check out Otis on all the streaming platforms. They just came out with their new single, Lindales, not too long ago. That yeah. is an awesome track, uh, you know, very in line with what we're doing. So if you like Robert John and the Wreck, you are going to like Otis as well. Yeah, yeah, and if not, you not if as you, much as those guys, but if you're listening, their handle on Instagram is at Otis Band Official, and mm-hmm. their Facebook is facebook.com slash the Otis Band O T I S. So make sure you go do a follow, check them out, new, listen to them. My new four letter word, bro. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> what do we have going on? I think we're very close so much, to yeah. getting. The vinyl out. We're yes. looking at T minus nice. a couple weeks here. Yep. To get it all shipped out. So we're really excited about that. Um, 
Apologies to anyone who's still been waiting for a vinyl because we've been. Everybody you know, your paper. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. And we would have had it months ago. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're excited about getting those out. Um, we have some exciting stuff to talk about that we can't talk about yet, but it'll be exciting for people in Europe. And then we're looking at September to see if September is a time that we're actually going to be able to be on tour or not. So yeah, I, I could say that without that meaning anything, right? That's pretty vague. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> fingers crossed. We're, we're hoping that we can go back to Europe in September. That doesn't mean anything definite, right? So right. Yeah. let's hope the COVID stuff eases up and we flatten the curve and did all the things. And yep, we're hoping that we can fly there. We're hoping that we don't have to be in fourteen day quarantine before we can get off the plane or anything crazy like that. Hoping for the best. Fourteen. I didn't even think about that, man. Yeah, yeah. think about it. Quarantine in fourteen days. That doesn't that doesn't work on a tour. You can't you can't get somewhere <laughs> and then be not working for fourteen days. So can you imagine flying over there? And then, all right, now you guys chill here for fourteen days. And you yeah. don't do shit. We just claim we're essential. It'd be it'd be worse than being quarantined for four weeks at home. Oh, for sure, yeah. We have some exciting stuff on the horizon, and uh, once we can figure out how to share it with everybody, we will be. And in the meantime, go listen to Otis. Check the links in the description um, for all you people listening on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts, um, and there will be links for all of the things, all of the things, all Otis, all Henry History Lessons playlist, all things Robert John the Wreck. And, uh, yeah. Keep good to each other. And get wrecked, y'all. Get wrecked. Yeah.